Ernest Hemingway said that the only value we have as a humans is the risk we are willing to take, you know, so, and that's our life, you know. kids in a sport, they were doing the same there. For Sasha, for example, Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant, they said, if I will need, you know, last two minutes, somebody that I can really trust, that was him. My wife was also a decision maker, you know, when she played, I was the same, you know. Both of our other kids, you know, they're the same. So it's just about the risk taking. Welcome to the Winemakers podcast. In each episode, we meet one winemaker and get the chance to hear their story on their turf. We walk through the vineyard, taste their wine, and share a home-cooked meal. If you haven't already, visit thewinemakersseries.com to order your season one case, one bottle for each winemaker. Then pull cork, press play, and enjoy. Goran Bjekovic is an unusual character to come across in the hills of Paso Robles. This towering Serbian-born winemaker has been on a long journey through four countries to get here. It's a story of an NBA star, two professional volleyballers and three former Yugoslavians. They're all in the same family. When his eldest son Sasha found a home with the Lakers, Goran found a home in the vineyards of East Paso. In an area mostly known for Rhones, he works with Bordeaux varietals. So, even in this hot region, known for big, bold, high-alcohol, fruit-forward wines, he's trying to make something more delicate and complex. As surprising as the wine might seem, it's the truest representation of their family. At face value, it's powerful, robust, and perhaps intimidating. But, give it a minute, and it's delightfully soft and unforgettable. It's not just for the sportsmen, you know, it's important for everybody. You really need uh, some strong support, especially when everything is not going so well, you know. It's easy when everything is good, then you have a lot of friends. But when the things go wrong, you know, then you really realize the life. From Seller Media, this is The Winemakers, Paso Robles, California. I'm Louise Houghton. On a beautiful, clear day in East Paso, I meet Goran at the entrance of Alexander Wines. At six foot five, his stature is almost as striking as his smile, and his warm demeanour creates an instant sense of comfort. Rolling hills extend beyond his property as far as the eye can see. And as we reach the end of the driveway, we're surrounded by 30-year-old olive trees. This is where our tour begins. Well, I'm very surprised to be here at a vineyard walking through olive trees, 650 of them in fact. I don't yes. know if it's this or your accent, but I really feel like I've kind of stepped back into Europe. Yeah, but that's where we are coming from. I'm originally Sorry. from Belgrade, from Serbia, what was ex-Yugoslavia, you know, yeah. before, when I was born a long time ago. <laughs> and Sasha was born in Slovenia. Right. My wife and my other two kids, they were born in Slovenia as well, in Maribor. It's a northeast part of Slovenia. Very beautiful part of the country, I yes. understand. I mean, the whole Yugoslavia was really amazing country, beautiful country. Let's talk a little bit more about um, how life was there when it was part of former Yugoslavia, because it was very different growing up in your age to how it was growing up when your children were young. 
You know, I wish that my children could have the same childhood that I had, you know. Many people don't tell the whole thing, you know, how we experienced our childhood, because it was one of the most beautiful countries in the world. You know, Yugoslavia was really something special, where you felt so free. We had a really happy childhood, and we really loved that country. Yes, you grew up playing volleyball. Yes, yes, both of us. My wife and I, we were professional athletes, so that's how we met, actually. We played professionally, both of us, in Cyprus, in uh, Europe. And uh, that's where our relationship started. So a few months after that, we got married, and that's the beginning of the journey. We lived uh, in Slovenia for 10 years. Did you drink yeah. wine? Yes, Slovenia is a really beautiful wine region. And in Slovenia, you know, I got used to the wine culture because back home in Serbia, you know, the wine wasn't so popular. You know, it was mostly beer and brandies. So Slovenia has some great winemakers, you know, one of the best in the world. And after that, you know, that was a good introduction to the wine world for me and for the family. So after Slovenia, we moved to Italy when Sasha, our oldest son, uh, signed the first professional contract. So the family decision was to follow his career and to move with him. At six foot seven, Sasha easily found himself at home on the basketball court. His tremendous talent was evident early on in his career and eventually earned him a spot on the Lakers roster under coach Phil Jackson. He was not even 15 years old and I think he was the youngest to sign the professional contract in Italy. But that must have uh, been a big decision to uproot the whole family you know, and leave it, everybody behind. It was a big decision, but still, you know, Udine are maybe two and a half hours from Maribor, Slovenia, you know, because right. in Europe, you know, everything is so close. Did they adapt very well to that? Yes, they adapt really good, you know, and uh, Sasha's career uh, brought, you know, a lot of happiness to our lives because we were all in sport, you know, and we are... We have some sport addiction in the family, you know, so <laughs> it was really interesting and beautiful. What did you do for work in Italy? So we had an export-import company, the food company, you know, and right. it, it wasn't important, you know, to be uh, connected with Slovenia, you know. So we did that uh, in Italy and also uh, I was his agent for a time being over there. Having had the experience yourself, I suppose that makes a good match for you to be able to manage him. Yeah, it was fantastic, you know, we were always, uh, all of us, you know, in the family, you know, first first thing in our, our family is really honest and beautiful friendship, and after that is a parent-child relation, you know. So we all try to, to be the best friends possible so that everybody can say to everybody, you know, everyone, you know, whatever they think it's right. Well, I think that probably makes sense because... Like you were all supporting his career and now they're supporting your venture here in winemaking. So it's a beautiful full circle now. That yeah, we support each other definitely in everything what we do. But it was in Italy that you discovered your love for wine. Yes. A uh, friend of mine, he introduced me to the wine world in Friuli, Venezia, Giulia, which is one of the most beautiful wine regions in the world. Friuli, Venezia lies in the top right corner of Italy, bordering Austria, Slovenia and the Adriatic Sea. 
Although the region is relatively small, it ranks amongst the best for producers of white wines, has a cult following for its orange wines, and has also made it into the top 10 most coveted Italian red wines. The region is divided into as many as 10 DOC areas that grow some 30 different wine varietals, often in small quantities. He introduced me to the small winemakers, you know, that produced maybe two barrels of wine, you know, annually. That's but that tiny. was something, something really special, you know. So that's how I fall in love with the red wine over there, especially, I mean, white wine, but uh, especially red. You know, I love white wine, but my favorite is red, you know, especially Bordeaux varietals. So did you have the idea then that you wanted to go into that kind of career yourself or Yes, was it I just... mean, we loved it in Italy, you know, we didn't know that we were finishing California, but when, when Sasha was drafted by the Lakers 2004, uh, the whole family again moved from Italy yeah. to Los Angeles. How long were you in Los Angeles before you decided you want to take on this winemaking venture? So, so uh, we moved to Los Angeles 2004 and 2009, we found this property, you know. Were you looking for five years or did yeah, you just not No, we were not it? looking for five years, you know, <laughs> but when the time came, we started to looking for the property. Yeah. Uh, that was 2009, you know. And did you look all over California or specifically in Paso Robles? Uh, First, you know, we wanted to be as close as possible to the kids. So Napa Valley was, of course, too far. And I don't know, I wasn't connected with the Napa somehow, you know. I wanted to find something really special. We were looking for some properties in Los Olivos and the Solven, mm -hmm. but we didn't find nothing spectacular, you know, that really makes sense. And then you found this place. Then I started to look in Paso Robles. We checked like 30, 40 properties. And uh, every property that we saw, you know, was missing something. But then we found this place. And then we entered this property and we saw all these olive trees and this beautiful oak tree that is almost 350 years old. And when I saw this Merlovinier that is almost 30 years old, I said, this is definitely it, you know and uh, we purchased the property. Even the gate code, you know, it was so strange. I talked <laughs> to the previous owner, I said, what is the gate code? He said, 6767. Xenia, when they play volleyball, you know, when she played volleyball, she was number six and I was number seven. So it was all signs was telling us like, bite. This is That's the place. <laughs> so you decided that maybe this was a good location because of being close to LA, but did you know much about the region? Did you know much about the terroir here and the culture? I didn't know nothing, but when I started to do the research, I was really surprised with the Paso Robles uh, as a wine region. One of the fastest growing wine region, I think, in the United States. And I was impressed that you could find practically any varietal in this planet, you know, in Paso Robles, any, any type of wine, like a Rhone's, Bordeaux, Burgundy, you know, unbelievable. I was really impressed with that. And then when we found this property, that was like, a, you know. Sealed the deal. Like a sealed the deal, yeah. So, Goran, so, I can see olive trees, there's this massive oak tree, but where are the actual vines? Well, let's go to see. Let's go to find them. The Winemakers Podcast is supported by Winerist.com. Winerist.com is dedicated to making your wine and food travel simple. 
Discover experiences in over 130 destinations worldwide that are curated to fulfill all your wine and food dreams. You've heard from the experts. Now explore the regions that inspire them with winerist.com. How many acres did you say you have in total? So the property total is uh, 30 acres. Uh, We have 13 acres planted, almost 13 acres planted with the grapes and the four acres of olive orchard. So we really love this area because of these light hills, you know. Um, it reminds us on Tuscany, where we had the vacations a few years in a row when we, were, when we lived in Slovenia. And the energy is so positive here on the property. I don't know if this is because of the grapes and olives and these beautiful oak trees, but when you wake up and you see this sunshine, you know, and the vineyard in the backyard, you can't have a wrong day. So this vineyard that we're coming up to now is all Merlot. Yes, this is all Merlot and this is our main vineyard. It's about five acres of Merlot. The wines are almost 30 years old and they're beautiful. They produce some fantastic Merlot that we are so proud. And that's the reason that we have uh, all our blends Merlot dominated. So that was planted when we purchased the property. The same year we planted over there, the, the block of Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a two and a half acres of Cabernet Sauvignon. And then a year later, we planted additional five acres of uh, Merlot, Cabernet Franc, Petit Verdot and Malbec. Why did you choose those grapes? Because I really love Bordeaux varietals. You know, I like Bordeaux blends. I always did. And you used just smaller amounts of those within your wines? Yeah, it depends on the, you know, every, every blend is different from vintage to vintage, so... You wouldn't ever be tempted to do 100% Merlot? No, no. I'm so passionate about the Bordeaux blends that uh, it's, a, it's a great game to play, you know. But your first year, 2010, which is what we're going to predominantly feature today, yeah. is just Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a and then 60, it's your... 76% Merlot and 24 Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, that was a really special vintage. The weather was so beautiful. I mean, everything you need to grow the perfect grape uh, was happening that year. Uh, the wine is 15% alcohol. Uh, strong. It, it's strong, but you don't get the alcohol, you know, on the palate. So it's a, it's really beautiful wine, you know. I imagine Especially it's very smooth you, too. It's a very smooth and it's aging better and better. From year to year, it's year to year it's better and better, you know. I'm surprised you have many left. It was eight years ago. We don't have too many left, but uh, we still have some. <laughs> <laughs> the Winemakers podcast is inspired by the Winemakers of Paso Robles coffee table book. The Winemakers of Paso Robles coffee table book is the perfect gift for the wine lover on your list. It took more than a year of interviews and photo shoots to make this 328-page large format book. It's the perfect book to curl up with a glass of wine and escape to wine country. The Winemakers of Paso Robles. Check it out on Amazon.com and at WNMKRS.com. That's WNMKRS.com. There are only a few first editions left, so get yours today. 
The Winemakers Podcast is supported by Passarobleswineries.net. Passarobleswineries.net is the best resource for planning the perfect trip to Paso. Decide where you want to taste, eat, stay and explore all in one place with the only comprehensive map of every winery, distillery and brewery in the area. You can also find tasting coupons and hospitality discounts. Text SPECIALS to 24587 for coupons. That's SPECIALS to 24587. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Paso Robles Wineries. PasoRoblesWineries.net is the best place to plan your next trip to Paso. We walk a short distance from the vines, around the side of the house, alive in its vibrant terracotta colour, and towards an external structure of the same southwest Santa Fe architecture. We approach a beautifully handcrafted door, depicting the four stages of the winemaking process harvesting, crushing, barrel work, and drinking. It's a dramatic scene that provides a wonderful segue into the cellar. So here is the wine cellar that we, that we built. Actually, it was here, you know, but we remodeled it completely. We built the cellar for 1,000 bottles, approximately. Wow. And it's so a really nice story, interesting story connected with wine cellar. I like a good story. Please tell. So uh, the previous owner, he didn't make the wine, you know, he was selling the fruit to the bigger uh, wineries here in the region. And when we moved here, you know, I called him and they said, I think you forgot about 30, 40 bottles of wine here in your cellar. And he said, I didn't forget, you know, I, I left it for you to try what we did. So he made some house wine for, for his family. So it was some Zinfandel and some, some things that I really couldn't drink, you know, they were awful. But then one day I found the, the only one bottle of uh, 100% Merlot that he did on his wooden press and he made it for himself. And I, I'm so sad that it was the only one bottle because that Merlot is probably the best bottle of wine I ever had in my life. Um, that bottle was 10 years old in the cheapest possible bottle, the cheapest cork, you know, that you can find on the market. But after 10 years, it's showing like that. It's absolutely miracle, you know? <laughs> I will never forget that moment when I finished that bottle with a friend of mine. This cellar room is fantastic, though. Floor to ceiling, wooden wine storage. And I'm surprised you can actually fit in here. You're just about reaching the top of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, ne I never stand in this room. You know, I'm usually over there. How tall are you? <laughs> I'm 6'6". Six, 6'6". Six. Six, six. I'm 6'6". Six, six. So so this... Sasha is 6'7". My younger son is 6'5". My daughter is 6'1". And the wife is 5'11". Wow. Tall family. Yeah, very tall. So we have... Some, these are Italian wines, like some Slovenian wine from my really good friend, Marian Simcic, who is a great winemaker and a great friend. We have some French wines over here and, and some Californian wines over there. Wow. Another thing that uh, I want to mention here in this wine cellar is a bottle of wine that I found from uh, Italy, you know, from uh, Friuli Venezia Giulia from Livio Feluga, the famous winemaker. This was my uh, favorite wine uh, back in Friuli. 
So uh, this vertical wine is a Bordeaux blend Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a 75% Merlot and 25% Cabernet Sauvignon. Which is very similar to your first vintage. So it's, it's almost the same. Our is 76% Merlot and 24% Cabernet Sauvignon. And so what a coincidence, you know, what the palate do. So we're going into the tasting room. Yes, this is our private tasting room for our members. The tasting room has an authentic and cozy feel, reflective of the love and passion that went into building it. Goran tells me about the different handiwork of the various family members, from Sasha's unique handmade frames to the colorful wall his wife Ksenia painted. We don't have a public tasting room. That's how our wine club work, you know. Our club members are uh, they can come once in a year with their friends to have a private tasting with us, with the family, if the family is here, if not, then myself. Mm -hmm. So we, we, show them, we give them a tour, we show them the property, and then, you know, we go to the barrel room tasting some wines from the barrels. So they get a real feel as to the essence of Alexander wines when yes. they come in here. Yeah. Well, let's go into the barrel room then. Okay. This is a fantastic barrel room. How many barrels have we got in here? Uh, we have uh, about 250 barrels in this barrel room. Uh, right now we have a 2016 vintage and 2017. So for example, 2016 vintage is already blended. So we already did uh, two blends like we did, we do every year. And this wine will age in the barrels for another almost a year. So you for blend, the regular blend. You blend before you're putting them into the barrels. So uh, what we are doing, uh, we are processing each grape by itself. We aged each varietal uh, by itself for a year, year and a half. Then we do the blend. And after that, you know, after we finish with the blend, we transfer everything back to the barrels and we aged uh, this wine for additional year and a half to two years. For example, our 2013 reserve was aged for 38 months in a barrel. And do you do any further blending before you bottle it, or is it done no, then? No, 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 that's it, that's it. So the only final blending that we are doing, you know, we are blending the different barrels. So what kind of barrels do you have? So we have French, like uh, the one that you are just checking, it's a um, Evolution Radu French barrel. Then we have a lot of uh, barrels from Serbia. That is my, my country. And uh, Serbia has a great tradition in the barrel making. So I decided to try Serbian barrels first vintage and they loved it. I loved it, really love Serbian oak. So I continued you know, to importing every year more and more Serbian barrels. What difference but would you say that it have then from the Serbian uh, barrel to the French? It's a different, you know, it, it gives a different flavor to the wine. You know, it, it gets, you, you get more vanilla and more sweetness from the Serbian barrels. And, uh, you know, definitely French, French barrels is more elegant. So that Merlot that you tasted from this vineyard initially, is that the basis of what you wanted to recreate here with Alexander? You know, that's my palate, and that wine just uh, showed me what we have, you know, already planted. So we just wanted to build around that. So all of our blends are Merlot dominated. First, because that's our favorite grape, you know, and second, because we have the most of Merlot on the vineyard. So how did you go about doing that? 
So it's, it's just, you know, we have five varietals, so five different wines. And uh, blending these uh, varietals, these wines, is absolutely uh, artistic job, you know, and something that is, uh, it's a most interesting and amazing, you know, in the, in the whole winemaking process. So every, every vintage is different. For example, uh, first year was just the Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon 15, 2015 reserve. We have a 50% Merlot and 50 Cabernet Franc. So every, every year, every vintage is different and we are trying to make the blend that will really satisfy us, that we will say, wow, this is it, you know, let's go with it. And is it true that it was only a month or two before you started bottling that you came up with the name for the bottle? Yes, yeah. Alexander is Sasha's first name. So Sasha was asking me for the name for the brand, the wine, and I said, no, that will be the secret. You know, I will tell you when the time will come. And he said, no, tell me. I said, no, 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 be patient. <laughs> so one month before the bottling, I said to him, it will be Alexander. And he was like, oh, that's nice. So, so you had that in your mind the whole time? Were you yeah, I mean, the Alexander is through the history, it's a big name, and I think it's a beautiful name for the wine. And where did you get this logo from? Yeah, that was one designer in uh, Paso Robles, the lady who was, I think she, she's retired now, but she came up, you know, with that logo and we really loved it, so. How would you describe here. it? It's like, uh, I don't know, the champion, the peace, the, you know, the olive branches, uh, everything positive. So a good combination of who you are as a family then. Yes, Champions definitely, Library. exactly like that. I'm so impressed that you've taken on this massive venture, not having had a, an upbringing in it, a background in it. Yeah, you know how Ernest Hemingway says, so now if it's right, uh, he said the, the only value we have as a humans is the risk we are willing to take, you know, so, and that's our life, you know, the, the kids in a sport, they're, they were doing the same there. For Sasha, for example, Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant, they said, if I will need, you know, last two minutes, somebody that I can really trust, that was him. My wife was also a decision maker, you know, when she played, I was the same, you know, both of our other kids, you know, they're the same. So it's just about the risk taking. Well, I hear that one of the risk takers is next door. So should we go and meet Sasha? Oh, definitely. Let's go. It's time. So where are we going to meet Sasha? Let's go over there into his office. To the office? <laughs> All right. This is what's called your office, apparently. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Very nice to meet you. Welcome. So this is called your office, but it looks to me like it's a little bit more than that. Uh, yeah, it's a cigar room. It's, uh, it is something that we enjoy together uh, after a long day or however you want to call it. Uh, for me, uh, it's just a paradise. It's something where you can get away from everything and just enjoy that particular moment together. So, you are kind of responsible for why your family are here in the US of It's a team effort. Without uh, them and without uh, the belief and everything that was going on on the journey, uh, we would not be here. Uh, there's a lot of paths that could be uh, chosen back in the day. And uh, just sticking together through thick and thin was, was huge. And uh, I'm grateful for understanding what, what family 
bond is and what family stands for. And that, that's thanks to my parents. And uh, we all feel that way. Uh, so that's why whenever I have a glass of wine or when I have a cigar or anything, it takes me to specific moments in my life or our lives. back to those kind of specific moments in your life that you mentioned, because there's one that I know was very significant for you. You know, so my, my dream was to one day go to the NBA, play for the Lakers and win the championship in LA. Uh, when I got drafted, uh, he was always smoking cigars. Like, m me watching him, how he smoked cigars, was probably one of the most jealous things in my life that I just couldn't do because I'm an athlete, a young kid, uh, trying to go certain places. You, you, I just don't want to be associated to cigars. But it was just so calming and so beautiful. And when I got yeah, drafted, looked cool, really. he looked really cool, actually. He looked it's cool with important. the cigar. Yeah, he, he knows how to deal with the cigar, wine, and yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then when I got drafted, he offered me a cigar. And I said, no, 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 not yet. So we get to the finals first year and we lose against the Celtics, flew back home, the most devastating flight ever. And he had cigar prepared for me. And I said, no, keep that cigar and I'll have it next year. And we played against Orlando next year and we came back. Uh, funny fact, he had the same cigar cut for me ready to be smoked. And I looked at him and he said, is it good timing? Is it good now? <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, perfect timing. Uh, I did one side, second side, now, now we're ready. So that's the first, uh, first cigar I really enjoyed and, and had and loved. And uh, now going back in time, every cigar kind of takes me back to when we smoked cigar for the first time together. Well, that's a lovely memory and so nice that you have yeah, a room to do that in. It's also like a meditation, you know, relaxing time and the perfect for family bonding. Well, talking of family, I hear there's another member of the family here that we should go and meet. Oh, who's yeah. Who's preparing yeah. I something think lovely for us? the most interesting part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's the core of the, of the family. She's uh, something that uh, luckily his best friend, my best friend, my brother, my sister's best friend, and I will not, uh, without any further ado, I think it's time to go, Let's go to visit Mama. Amazing lady. <laughs> Salute. Cheers. How do we say it in Slovenian? Živeli. Uh, Yugoslavia, Živeli, Slovenia, There are a couple of languages from one beautiful country. Yeah. We got many languages now, but... So, Živeli or Nazdravje. Nazdravje. Yeah. That's the one I've heard of. Or Cheers. Great TV show as well. Yeah. <laughs> She is the lady of the house. Oh, hello. Ksenia, hi. hi. Lovely to meet you. Louise. Nice you. Thank you for having us here. Of course. I've You're been welcome. hearing all your stories um, about moving here, your journey from Slovenia to Italy to Los Angeles and now coming yes. here. I'm city girl. I lived all my life uh, in cities. And now in this moment, I can't imagine to move back to some city. I think here is the paradise for me right now. And is there a, something that you brought that was a kind of essence of Slovenia that you put in here? Yes, it's my cooking. Okay. Yes, because oh. I try to cook a lot of Slovenian food, Italian food, so we don't forget from where we come. So what do we have on the table here? It looks amazing. 
Okay, we have prosciutto, we have uh, burrata, we have uh, smoked mozzarella, parmigiano-reggiano, artichoke. We have our own olives. That's very important. Uh, then we have beefsteak tartare, which is mainly protein, filet mignon, grass-fed. That's really important <laughs> for athletes to have grass-fed. And uh, 17 spices. And that's and all that's in there? Yes, and it's raw. It's not cooked or baked or grilled, nothing. And then later we will have also uh, risotta con tartufo nero, which is also going excellent with our wine. All this food you see on a table goes extremely well with our Alexander wine. Of that's course, the, that's why you've prepared it for yes. us. So Goran, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your Alexander wine, because we didn't get to talk so much about, we just got to enjoy it, but we didn't get to talk so much about the flavors that you get in there. I mean, there's, there's lots of kind of very earthy flavors, but it's very fruity at the same time. Yes, that's because of the aging process, you know, about the cho barrel choice mm -hmm. and uh, about our palate. So there's our palate, you know, that you like. Okay, what do we got here? Okay, so we have here 2011 white label that is 80% Merlot and Thank 20 you. Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, 2011 wasn't the best year. Uh, it was really cold year here in Paso Robles. And in California overall, I mean, the wines, that vintage is not so popular. But this turned out to be one of our best wines, you know, the best rated wines. We got the 95 from Wine Enthusiast for this uh, white label. So it's, it's a very light wine, light on alcohol. It's a really elegant, easy drinkable wine with a lot of fruit, but also uh, oaky. You can see that it's so much lighter than the 2010 that we were drinking before, just from the Yes, and this it. is like 80% Merlot. This is the, the, the biggest uh, Merlot percentage in our blends from all our vintages. Wow. So that's what I was telling you before about the Merlot and the vineyard. You can get that from this glass. It's beautiful. It's, it's amazing how different that is to the 2010, considering mm. it's the same grapes, just slightly different percentages. But as you say, the weather and everything affects it so yes, much. Yes, it was a much warmer year, 2010. And how would you say your reserve differs from this white label? So the reserve, uh, 2011, is uh, almost 50-50, you know, Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon, and it was aged in a barrels for... Uh, six months longer in the special barrel selection. So what, what we do, you know, we pick the, the best barrels and we keep them for reserve blend. How would you compare life here in Paso to life back home? I remember a few years ago, we went back to visit my mom and friends and family. The city we lived in Maribor, it's so much different, you know, in 20 years, a lot of things happened there. So uh, it's totally different city and totally different life with yeah. the one we left there. What this about is you, home Sasha? now. This yeah, this, this is, is home. home, to be honest. The, uh, just, you know, wherever you're surrounded with the family and people you love, that's home. And we made home here in, uh, in the States and that's what, what the journey represents in a way. Uh, it's not where, it's with home, and that's why we love it. Yeah. And is that what this bottle represents? Yes, actually, this tells everything about our family, you know. I mean, uh, it's a well-rounded, balanced, you know, so that's how we are trying to be, all of us. 
So it, it, it really represents, you know, one, one uh, long journey and a million things that happen uh, through that journey. So. Well, it's a beautiful journey and a beautiful family. Thank you for inviting us into your home today. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. As you say, You're welcome. Na, Cheers. Nadra. 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 Or Zivili. Or Zivili. Or Salute. Or Kampai. Everything is. Just cheers. Just cheers. Be the best. This is a very large pork. <laughs> oh, no. That's normal. That's just the regular, you know? The Winemakers Podcast is a production of Seller Media, hosted by me, Louise Houghton. Executive Producer and Creative Director, Lauren Matic. Co-produced by Louise Houghton and John Meek. Original score, editing and sound design by John Meek of 10 Minutes Early. Live sound engineering by Dean Lee. Additional editing by Miguel Coez of the Music Interval Theory Academy. And additional sound engineering by Brian Vasquez. The Winemakers series was created by Julia Perez. For show notes, links, and more, please visit wnmkrs.com forward slash podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Winemakers Series. And please subscribe, share, and rate us on iTunes. Seller Media.